Oh, I can boogie woogie, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Football Ramble Preview Show, sponsored by Betway. Scotland are back in business in England. We're victorious. It's Friday, 13th of November. I'm Marcus Speller. I'm Luke Moore. And I'm Venusia Hunter-Raja. Well, 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 what a fabulous Friday we've got for you, especially if you're a wee Scottish person. <laughs> Friday the 13th as well. My goodness. Reason to be very frightened, and that's not just Vicious Moustache. <laughs> oh, flower of scorn. <laughs> My goodness. Before we get into that, gentlemen, uh, a little uh, little mention for On the Continent. It's out now this week. Dot and Andy were joined by Miguel Delaney to unpack some of the travel restrictions for players in Italy. Italy, and what exactly was behind Real Madrid's shock 4-1 defeat to Valencia last Sunday? It did happen. There's also a fascinating chat about the difficult uh, decisions faced by international players with dual nationality. Just head over to uh, Football Ramble Presents wherever you get your pods. Yeah, very nice. Oh my goodness, gentlemen, Scotland are back in the big leagues. The scenes, the scenes <laughs> alone were incredible. Everyone was crying. Yeah. And, and the interviewer who interviewed, I think, Ryan Christie yeah. said... Uh, um, I can see the emotion, Ryan. I'm crying myself. Yeah. It's like, come on, let's be a bit professional. Did <laughs> <laughs> you see the bit? It was a end. brilliant interview, though. Yeah, it was. When he signed off at the end, he went, go on, you dancer. Yeah, yeah he did. I saw that as well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, Amazing scenes. It really was. I mean, flipping it, where, where to begin? I mean, 22 years, it's been a long, long time. Yeah. Growing up as we did, Luke, in the 80s and 90s. Yeah. You used to see in Scotland at tournaments. And then, of course, in yeah. 98, that was, it. that was the end of that. But they're, but they're back. I mean, and they've done it through the UEFA Nations League. Yeah, Tommy Boyd got them banned after that with that own goal, didn't he? Okay. <laughs> that own goal was yeah. so poor yeah. that you will take a, a serious absence from the international game as a result. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, they, they even lost in a playoff to Keegan's England. Yeah. That was the real low. But, but it, I mean, it'll be, I guess it'll be, obviously it's Euro 2020 technically, but it'll be 23 years by the time it comes around. That is a long absence for a team. Oh, yeah. yeah. I've been fooled by yeah, the UEFA marketing the branding, campaign. The branding. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but for, for a team, particularly now, who produce decent players. I mean, if you look at the lineup they they put out last night, and obviously we'll come on to the game, but they've, they've got some decent players now. Mm. And and um, the Euros, as we know, has become much easier to qualify for. Now, mm. I understand Scotland have done it through a slightly different route uh, this time, but it's great to see them back there. It's it's an amazing it's an amazing thing, and they'll play um, England as things stand at Wembley uh, twenty five years and three days after Euro ninety six, yeah. which was a golden time for those of you who are listening who are under the age of. I don't know what twenty five. Whatever, yeah. Yeah, it was great. Trust me, it was yeah, really yeah, good. Yeah. Um, so it was, it was an amazing thing. I was, I was beyond gutted just because I'd invested a lot in the game watching mm-hmm. it to see them concede like that in oh the in the final minute. And you just thought, oh, I'm not sure they're going to do it now, but they were able to turn it around. And good for them because um, I'm happy. I'm happy to see him to see him there. I'm happy to see the jubilant scenes in the studio. I'm happy to see the tears. It was just great. It was a great thing. Happy to see a little bit of boogie woogie vish. Um, yes, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> I like the fact that I didn't realise until maybe the 15th time of watching that video of them dancing that Andrew Considine was actually in there as well. Oh, was he? Yeah. So it's from Andrew, like for those who yeah, don't, yeah. don't know, it's from Andrew Considine's um, stag video from about 2015, I think five or six right, years yeah. ago. 
where they make him dress up and do this boogie woogie song. Yeah, but it's right. like a it's like a music video. Yeah, it's a, proper mu- it's a proper music video. <laughs> right, okay. Great production value. Yeah, let's say. Um, and so it resurfaced when he got called up for mm. for Scotland for the first time, and um, he's <laughs> obviously it. quite a popular lad. And yeah, apparently they've been singing it all the way through, <laughs> and then they went mad then. Yeah, yeah, and they'll be singing it when they tear the goalpost down at Wembley when they inevitably beat England. <laughs> yeah. Well, the the other part of that is uh, as the, you know, as things stand, and hopefully this does proved to be the case come next summer, but they will be also playing a game at Hampden Park as well. They're playing two there, I think. Well, yeah, okay, so, um, mm. I mean, that'd be great, yeah, if they can get some... I suppose, yeah, hopefully they can get fans in, but even not, if they can play a mm. major tournament game, then that'd be pretty cool. Well, they've got a chance. I mean, for crying out loud, you know, it's all about taking it, isn't it? I mean, as you say, Luke, they didn't qualify through the group in the t- traditional means, but the UEFA Nations League opened it up, as mm. North Macedonia will testify to. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and they've taken that, and... and you know, they, they, the the game against uh, Israel was a very dull affair. Um, and that's but, an understatement. Yeah, <laughs> it's one of the shittest games I've ever seen. <laughs> it was. Don't distant... have to bring that up. They're a changed team. Was I was going to say it was a distant... he, he just brought up a forty-three-year-old crossbar being pulled down. It <laughs> <laughs> was only a month ago. That was a positive memory for Scottish people. <laughs> Um, but against Israel, you know, it, was, it, was, it wasn't a great game, but they, they got through. That's what it's all yeah, about, absolutely. getting through. And, mm-hmm. uh, uh, and, uh, and we saw Steve, Stevie Clark mm. um, crack a smile, which was quite new for, for many of us. Right. And, then, and then they get to the final and you think, oh, away in Serbia, okay, the fans aren't there, but they're still away. I think and, the fans was a big, no fans was a bit of a, bit of a, a bonus to say the least. It is, but they're still they're still second favourites in that game. Hundred percent. You know, Serbia have got some decent players, and uh, and they are at home. And you think, you know, one off game, and as soon as the game starts, Scotland they were brilliant. That ninety minutes, Ali McCoist said himself, Sir Ali McCoist, I think yeah. uh, by the end of his punditry, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's only a matter of time. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> um, he uh, he said that it's best Scotland performance he'd seen in years, and my goodness, they were tenacious in the mm-hmm. tackle, they were well drilled, they were creative. I mean, it was absolutely sensational. One of the biggest compliments I think I could pay for them is they looked like they had an extra man. Yeah, Every good. time Serbia had the ball, you look around and you think, well, they've got nothing. It was like they had 10 men against 11. They were so well organised. They asserted the themselves on the game from mm. the very start, didn't they? And yeah. they, they were able to set the pace. They didn't let you know, f- football happen to them, as mm. Jim, Jim Campbell sometimes says about certain teams. They asserted themselves really, really well. And, and you know, I wonder if Serbia kind of underestimated them a little bit. I wonder if Serbia thought... Do you know what? Scotland at home will take that mm. because Scotland's record... Right, and they would is, take that. Poor. Of course they would. But, mm. but Scotland were by far the better team. There's no question about that. Serbia didn't really offer much. Mm-hmm. Um, but for them to concede the way they did in the last... I think it was like 89 minutes and 25 seconds or something. Yeah. You just thought, oh God, they're going to have to lift themselves here. Um, and they did cede control of the game after that. I don't know if you, if you guys felt the same, but in extra time it felt a bit like they had, there had been a shift... They'd ceded control of the game mm-hmm. and they were almost, for no real reason, other than the fact that maybe they were tired because of the way the calendar mm-hmm. is now and because it's you know, a difficult away trip, they, they f- it felt like they were holding on a bit. Do you know what it reminded me of? And Scotland fans won't thank me for, for bringing up one of England's. It reminded me a little bit of England v Columbia. A hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, yeah, do you think? I agree. I completely agree. With yeah. that, with that, England. You know, it was a fairly sort of England play where they, where they went ahead as Scotland did and then they looked fairly comfortable and in control and then of course the the uh, the downward header right in the last minute from from Yerry Mina yeah. yeah exactly and then in, in the first half of extra time Colombia looked like they were going to win the game yeah. and came back into it blah, 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 the, only, the, the main difference being that Colombia tried to kick the shit out of them <laughs> 
for an hour for 120 minutes. But the main, Serbia, to be fair, to him, didn't yeah, try Well, it. the main difference, of course, is that England did miss a, a, a spot kick in that shootout. Scotland have yet to miss a penalty in penalty shootouts yeah. uh, in their in their competitive history, which is a, which is a fine record, Vish. One has to say. But when when Serbia got that equaliser. The way they celebrate as well, they thought, oh, OK, come on, we'll probably go, go on and win this. Yeah, definitely. I, I mean, Scotland, well, rather a previous Scotland side, lose that game, don't they? Yes, definitely. Oh, yeah. and, and understandably so, because when you get that sucker punch, you know, you mentioned England-Columbia, that was exactly my thought. But get the monkey off your back kind of thing, because as Steve Clark said, it's often glorious failure, it's often yeah. we do this. And when they scored, I did think, Oh no, lads! Surely not after that performance and yeah. so close to this tournament. And I thought Serbia will win this in extra time, or Scotland will win it on penalties. I, I, I wanted big Lyndon Dykes to be mentioned because he, he was, great. He was I mean, class, wasn't he? Yeah, that's the biggest shift <laughs> since I did back-to-back doubles at Asda in nineteen ninety-eight. <laughs> Which still has lived long in the memory down in Goss, but he caused absolute havoc all over the pitch. I would, it, it must have been a nightmare planning. He got every single header. Yeah, he was good, wasn't he? He was winning headers he wasn't even playing in games on. <laughs> it was mad. Like it's like Ray Ray Hackney Marshall yeah, jumping into other You'll pitches. watch a game tomorrow, mm. and from nowhere out of camera shot, Lyndon Dykes will come in full <laughs> Scotland kit and massively power a header. It was an unbelievable shift from him. Yeah. I don't think they should have taken him off. Do you think the Serbia Celevacs are like waking up with a oh. cold sweat just hearing, Lyndon! <laughs> I think, I think they're probably thinking, if it's going to be like that, I don't want to be there. No. Yeah, yeah I'd rather stay home. Darren yeah. Fletcher made a really good point, and he said... Was it about, um, was it about Vine? <laughs> I want to see Vines, I want to see, see memes. Gifts. Yeah. <laughs> I tell you what, the Magna Carta will go be a state tonight. Yeah, yeah. Somebody set up a MySpace page <laughs> yeah, for yeah. Big, big Marsh. He said that Lyndon Dykes had the kind of performance of a striker where everything stuck to him, where he made bad passes look good. Because yep. a lot of the balls that he was chasing were mm. lost causes, but yeah. because he got them under control... Mm-hmm so easily and brought other people into play it looked yeah. more like a coherent plan but it's so crucial as well when yeah. you, you're away from home against a better side and now they've started they were the better team though Scotland as we say but to have that sticking point up front to bring others into play I mean, you saw Ryan Christie was superb as well he was and uh, someone should have told him he was very upset after the game <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. you know he scored a lovely little goal uh, say, why does I say little lovely goal it was, it, I say little because he just sort of snuck just passed there. it do you know yeah. what I mean it was, it was, it was snuck in the corner absolutely glorious uh, in, in off the post of course and they did have a couple of moments where you thought maybe get the second but to be honest they looked pretty comfortable in defence I thought mm. Gallagher did a great job on Mitrovic um, yeah. he really kept him quiet and then of course McTominay playing in a back through who did well it shows you just switched off for that equaliser and the story could be oh so different couldn't it because the nice header uh, from, from Jovic and uh, and and one all, you think, oh, surely not. But then Marshall made a huge save in extra time, an yeah. absolutely magnificent save, and they get it to penalties. And you thought to yourself, well, then there was the chat about the, the Serbian goalkeeper who saved Rakovic, four or seven yeah. penalties. Yeah, this he's season. got a bit of a reputation of saving mm. penalties, yeah. Um, but yeah, Lee Griffiths, I thought, what was it, first touch of the ball or, yeah. or first meaningful touch really slots in? And the way the penalties were going, and when Mitrovic stepped up, I know it's easy to say and so on, but I have seen that man sadly miss a fair few penalties yeah. for Fulham. Even though it wasn't a bad penalty, actually. It was a great no, save. Good save. You called that, though, didn't you? You said, oh, yeah, Mitro's got a bit of that in, in him. Yeah, well, he's, he's just missed a few, but, but I feel that kind of takes away from the save, actually, because it wasn't like he just sort of, he didn't do an Adamola Lookman and just tap no. it to the keeper, or he didn't hit it over the bar. It was in the corner, and it was a superb save but from the, Marshall. The, the thing I find with Mitro in that situation is, and I agree with um, 
I agree with whichever pundit it was who said it that he's he's the main man, right? So he wants to be seen as being being the guy who takes the fifth pen. I disagreed with Fletcher when he said that. Actually, when he said Mitrovic wants the glory and all that kind of stuff, I think I think it's responsibility. Yeah, I would. Might be, that might be a kind of way of putting it. I mean, yeah. ultimately, it's been done by design that he's taken the fifth penalty because they plan who takes the sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe maybe if we're being unfair to him, maybe it's because he wants the glory. If we're being fair to him, it's because he takes the responsibility. Fine. My point was just going to be that. You know, it's a big moment, this, hmm. right? And I, I know I've talked about this before, but I don't know why someone of the quality of Mitrovic, who can strike the ball so well, doesn't just just smash it, just smash the lever off it. Hmm. There's no way a keeper will save it if it goes towards the the the, the corners of the of the goal. Not even right in the corner. If you hit it hard enough, keeper can't save it. Yeah, I, I know what you mean, but he did stick it in the corner, though. He did put it down to to that side. I, like I say, this I, I, would some people suggest that Marshall's maybe off his line, and that's well, what well the VAR wouldn't, and that's why well, there's no VAR though, is there for that? Well, are you sure? But okay, but you saw the replay. He had his foot on the line. But he, it, I mean, of, of all the keepers, you're bringing that up. I mean, to be fair to him, they got to be both feet though. No, no, you can only. You, you so can as long as you've got well. one, it's okay. Yeah, yeah, right, so you, it's a new technique that you see keepers doing now where yes. they, they push off and they make sure they're but, almost taken off from the line. Or right, behind yeah. the line, you see sometimes yeah, just yeah. standing and such. I was going to say, I mean, to be fair to Marshall, he did his. He, he did. Uh, he did check. Yeah. yeah. And double check. <laughs> was he checking that or was he checking if the maths were right? No, he was checking because. He I, was he- to the point where he had his thumbs up. That's fine, yeah. yeah. Is that right? Can, yeah. I, go, can I go well, fucking mental now? You see that? I saved it. You see me save it? I did it. Well, I thought he was checking his maths, but then they said after the game that the referee said don't celebrate um, because we need oh. to make sure Okay, uh, right. but they got it spot on if you saw the replays his, okay. his, I mean, fair enough how I don't want to take anything away from him anyway it I would mean, have been absolutely gutting yes. sorry son imagine that yeah. All, yeah. Yeah. all on the pile well, and they the, just the, ta- tapped on the shot sorry Dave yeah, yeah. Yeah. do you want to just get back up what yeah. yeah. I did for Marshall was he's looking at the referee going is that okay please say yes quickly because there's about 15 <laughs> blokes there yeah, headed yeah. over it and they are just seconds away from me. Yeah, yeah. yeah fine. <laughs> yeah, it's like Vish trying to get his name out before the music kicks in. <laughs> <laughs> just thumbs up to yeah, everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. My goodness. The, the worrying thing though, looking ahead to the tournament for England, is that Yuri Geller looks like he's uh, changed sides. Oh. I mean, it, I mean... Yuri Geller is a fucking idiot. Come on. He is. He's got power. He's proved it yet again. <laughs> Do you reckon he did that for every pen? Probably, he put, yeah. He released a video of him with a Scotland did. shirt saying, oh, did you see Mitchell's little, gonna miss. Did you yeah? see his little recorder on record playback? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for those who didn't see Yuri Geller, you all know who he is, yeah. uh, was, was standing in front of the TV holding up a Euro 96 Scotland shirt saying, you know, I've got the power We've or all something. moved on. No, we, well, he hasn't. We, we, he, for those who don't remember, he claimed that he was able to get the ball moving on the spot for Gary McAllister's penalty against yeah. England, which David Seaman saved. Is that right? From, a, he, from a helicopter above Wembley. Yeah. <laughs> and, it, and it does move quite oddly. Yeah. You do, don't, don't forget Geller bailed us out of that situation. <laughs> <laughs> will, there be a, will there be a parade in Scotland for you, Geller? Well, he does, own, distant. he does own an island in Scotland. Okay. He owns Lamb or Lamb Island, as it's often called. Um, uh, it was apparently it was purchased on the 11th of February 2009, according to Lamb Island's Wikipedia page. The island was bought by Yuri Gaylor, who states that he, <laughs> that he believes it is a hiding place for ancient Egyptian treasure. Is it? I mean, is this made up? Uh, well, I've, <laughs> is someone on the Wikipedia? I don't know, but Geller does own an island. He said, "Everybody to my island." It's it's uninhabited. Apparently, is he all right? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, it's un- I don't want to come. I just don't want to come, thanks. I'm all right. Yeah, yeah. well, 
you go there and you anyway. So uh, imagine imagine like David Marshall getting home to his family. Anyway, I'm just quick turn around and get changed. Uh, I do want to celebrate with you, but I've got to go to this island with Yuri Geller. Yeah, that is intervention stuff. <laughs> Isn't it? I absolutely love it. Yeah, I bloody love it. So they're there, and they're going to be. Them. Uh, they're going to be at Wembley. Good on them, and not on Yuri Geller. No. Um, sadly, uh, Northern Ireland will not be joining us at the Euros. Oh my goodness, sad. Sad. I mean, yeah, Slovakia, great for them, of course, and Scotland plays Slovakia on the weekend, and as people have quite rightly said, that could be. Um, a rather hazy affair for some of those players, um, but Northern Ireland. Yeah, I mean, you look at the goals that were conceded. You think avoidable, and then you think of the chance that Evans had right at the end of uh, extra time. I mean, not, I understand he had to generate his own power on the header, but all in all, again, a home game against Slovakia, they did have a, a, a few fans. Was it about a thousand in there? It's gutting for Northern Ireland. It really, really is. Yeah, um, they've done so well to get there, and and obviously they made the Euros last time around. Um, there was a big moment with with Carl Lafferty, and I know it's harsh to kind of hone in on these things, Vish. They did on the highlights last night on the television. He could have played it to his left, played the man on his left, and then he had the chance to play him on his right. And the thing is, if he slots that in the bottom corner, you know, mm. you think, oh, well, there we are. But as I say, a bit harsh to maybe focus on that. But it's gutting, though. All those moments considered, you know, they'll think to themselves this morning, how are we not there? Yeah, and again, the way they came back, I was kind of like, yeah. well, I mean, they're almost about the same time, weren't they? I know mm. um, Nonal equalised a few minutes earlier before um, Serbia did, but... Yeah, it kind of felt like we were going to have that full house, really. I mean, aside from um, teams we've missed out from from these shores, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, I, I feel I feel really bad for them. And this kind of felt like you know, I feel like we've watched Carl Lafferty for the last thirty years. Mm. You know, he's been an ever present around around football, specifically non Irish football. And he picked up the mantle from David Healy brilliantly yep. well, to be honest, coming up with really important goals. Even what that he, Northern Ireland have always had that quality where the players will come together from the national team mm-hmm. and almost leave whatever form or lack of form they have at their clubs mm-hmm. and really bind together. And yeah, Lafferty, along with someone like Johnny Evans, this is probably the end, really, when you think about it. I know I saw people talking about this is... You could count this as the third golden generation that Northern Ireland have had, and they've given them so many good memories over the last two to three years. And well, yeah, the, it's a huge shame. Well, the galling part of it, I suppose from the point of view of a Northern Ireland fan, would be Slovakia is exactly the kind of team that you saw Northern Ireland beat yeah. on the way to Euro 2016. Mm-hmm. When they topped their group and they you know, they beat Hungary, they beat Romania, I mm-hmm. think. They finished above them in a group, certainly. Finland were in mm-hmm. a group as well. Greece. At those kind of, I know yeah, Greece yeah. were in a bit of a... That, Greece were in a sorry <clears> state <throat> at the time, weren't they? They were having a real difficult time of it. But those middling nations... Yeah, yeah. When Northern Ireland had their their real moment in the sun in 2016, those were the teams they were they were beating, mm-hmm. and um, I think they even went to Hungary and won, didn't they? They won yeah. in Hungary. Maybe they didn't beat Romania, but they finished above them in the group. They had anyway. some great results. Yeah, and and so for, and and the manner of the game as well, where where they push and push and push, they forced their own goal late on mm. from um, Scrinia, wasn't it? Mm, yeah. And um, yeah, they just miss out. It's disappointing. Very disappointing. Yeah, it's a shame. Um, and it would have been nice to see all four home nations, as you say, at the, the Euros, mm. which would have been a real collector's item. Although I, I should say, by the way, that uh, if you remember when we did our predictions from last season, mm-hmm. we unveiled them. My prediction um, was because of the, the pandemic and all the rest of it, we, we couldn't see it. I can now reveal my prediction was um, for the first time since 1958, England, Scotland and Wales will qualify for a major tournament. It wasn't, was it? It was. It was. Yeah. Well done. Well yeah. good. There we are. You. Well done again. Yuri Speller. Now you're talking. <laughs> yeah. Now you're talking. I saw him bend the spoon earlier. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was a spoon. I think so. Yeah. Um, 
uh, elsewhere, gentlemen, we have to mention North Macedonia, who were in who were in the the, the lowest ranked uh, tier of the UEFA Nations League. They're at the tournament now, and have obviously Goran Pandev scored yeah. the only goal yeah. of the game. Thirty-seven uh, year old, one hundred and fourteen caps. Yeah, that man. He was crying at the end of the game. He's a guy, Champions League winner. You know, won the treble with. It was a vital part of Mourinho's mm. Inter. You know, he's a very high, highly decorated footballer. He's played some 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 real sort of great stuff in his career if you, if you don't know him that's a great years at Lazio as he well he did yeah, yeah. yeah a phenomenal player and so wonderful for him and North Macedonia that it, it, great it, moment for them well it had to be him I mean Vish if you're thinking who got the goal for North Macedonia you're thinking well I've only got one option here. <laughs> yeah. if you ask that question in 20 years time it yeah, might yeah, yeah. still be Goran Pandev well I suppose uh, what's his name who plays for Leeds maybe you could have uh... oh, Alioski yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. mentioned yeah. Um, but yeah I did marvellous for them and marvellous for Hungary as well oh Iceland will be gutted because that was a hell of a turnaround. It was an amazing um, goal on the break to win it. Yes, it was. From a player that everyone's excited about. Yeah. Um, um, plays for a lot, um, Salzburg, doesn't he? Yeah, People yeah, yeah. excited about it. He's been linked to it with a, with a few with a few big moves. But for him to, in that in that portion of the game when, you know, fatigue is setting in, for him to go that round and hit that in off the post, a beautiful goal. Um, amazing and, for them. But it was, it was the, the, the goalkeeper of Hungary would have been breathing a sigh of relief. Oh, yeah. It was his mistake, wasn't big it? Big time. Early on, they you know, I was surprised actually. I thought Iceland would go there and, and do the job, um, but Hungary are back at the Euros as they were in 2016. Well, maybe Iceland and Northern Ireland can do a kind of the spirit of 2016 kind of reunion tour, can they? They play each other, go around different nations. Mm-hmm. Remember when it was 2016 and it was yeah, great? Could do I that, mean, couldn't they? Yeah, they, I mean, it would be quite degrading, wouldn't it? <laughs> That'll make them think twice about yeah. what they did to us, wouldn't they? Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Where's yeah. your Viking clap now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Viking tears. Don't worry, yeah. the uh, the Scotland fans will be doing that at Wembley. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Remember this, lads. <laughs> Harry Kane's going, hang on, what's that Southgate going? Don't worry, don't worry. Yeah. Where's the memory wiper? Quick. <laughs> does the, I know I mentioned this before we started recording, but mm-hmm. does Gareth Southgate's tenure end with a, a draw against Scotland? Mm. in the Euros next year well I don't know was it the final group game against no Scotland? it's the second one okay so if, if England lose the first it, one it's, it's the one that it, you know it's that the one that makes the third game out of their hands no, when the results it, go their way elsewhere I, no I was thinking that Croatia would beat England in the first game and Scotland put England out and it's kind of like oh Gareth yeah. we expected so much more Yeah, I think Gareth's, Gareth's credit in the bank so to speak will well and truly be used up by that point <laughs> if that happens yeah. oh, dear. get the waistcoat it's too late for the waistcoat Gareth yeah, I... <laughs> forget it forget it oh dear alright ladies and gentlemen after the break we will talk about England see you in a moment Hello, I am Sven Goran Eriksson, and you are listening to the Football Ramble. Oh, there he is, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Football Ramble preview show, sponsored by Betway. Before we talk about England, let's have some emails. Well done. 
Well done indeed. Now we have an email here from Ollie King. Dear Ramble team, I was very happy to hear you touch on the prestigious Epsom and Yule under nines league this week. <laughs> That's not far from where you grew- uh, spent a bit of time, isn't it? It was very close. Yeah, Ashton yeah. is next yeah. to uh, Epsom. Yeah. Of course. Uh, Matt Elliott once played for Epsom Eagles, I believe. There we go. Went on to play for Scotland, of course, because he couldn't play for England. No. Because he wasn't good enough. <laughs> um, he, won't have, he won't let Scotland have their day. I know, it's yeah. It's a dig, isn't it? No, I mean, it's more Matt Elliott. Yeah, but you're, really you're implying that England are better than Scotland. I'm not having a go. I mean, I've worked with him once. And, uh, and you didn't like him. No, he's a lovely fella. And you thought, from now on, I'm going to make your life a misery. Not your favourite Leicester centre back, though, is he? It's certainly not. But uh, Jerry, Jerry Taggart. He loves Jerry Taggart. Big Jezza. Yeah. Um, but, uh, <laughs> give it a mozzie! Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Matt Elliott, yeah, he said in front of the... Uh, the packed crowd where we were doing this gig um, in uh, Euro 2012, that was all the way back then, um, that, <laughs> that when he played for Scotland, they didn't do very well when he was playing. He was like, yeah, no, I was a double agent. <laughs> <laughs> so they're, they're words, it's words, fish, not mine. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, back to uh, Ollie King's uh, email. Yes, he was very happy to hear about uh, Epsom and under nine league. I also used to referee uh, this league when I was 16 and now it's in the spotlight. There's something I must say. Um, I mean, there's a spotlight on it, I suppose. <laughs> uh, while refereeing a game, I gave a decision which one of the ruthless nine-year-olds was unhappy about. He shot his left arm up in the air in rage, gave me the middle finger. <gasps> I promptly took appropriate action, sending him off much to the shock of the crowd. My dad was watching the game and came up to me afterwards asking why I'd sent him off. I explained the situation and he very quickly disagreed with me, saying no middle finger was raised. Coincidentally, I had an eye test later that week where it turned out I was very short-sighted. <laughs> Having seen the world through my fresh new specs, I immediately knew I'd made a mistake. Please, may I use your platform to apologise for many possibly horrendous decisions made in the first half of the ele- the 11-12 season. You deserved better. He could have ruined some careers there. He could have done, yeah. My goodness. That kid is now a uh, you know, 19, 20-year-old and probably hates the game. We need to probably get, hate any kind of authority now. We need to get Charlie Nicholas in to say to him, well, you should go to Specsavers <laughs> ref because you won't even wear your glasses when you're driving your car because you think, you know, you should have done that. He should have done. <laughs> Maybe he did. Maybe he did. I've got an email here from Sean Howe. Uh, Greeting, Ramblers. Listening to Andy's story about forgetting his watch while refing in Sunday League reminded me of a similar situation I encountered a few years ago. It was a cold Monday evening, and I decided to pop down to my local team, Hastings United, where the under-18s were playing the FA Youth Cup. Unfortunately, I'd arrived five minutes late and missed the game's only goal, but it would turn out I would watch more than 90 minutes of football anyway. As the 19th minute approached, we looked longingly towards the sideline for the announcement of stoppage time, as it was blindingly obvious the young youths were not going to get anything from this game. But there was no sign of the game stopping. The crowd began to feel uneasy, looking at their watches and phones, I'm sure we've played 95 minutes. Did we miss the board? Another more fruity quotes echoed around the ground. Still nothing. It was at this moment I realised that it was probably what was probably happening. The game was a 7.30pm kickoff, but the ref must have been on autopilot thinking it was 7.45. <laughs> then followed the most depressing 10 minutes of football I've ever seen. Fans, coaches, and even some of the players were pleading with the ref to stop the game, <laughs> only to be met with a steadfast denial from the man in the centre. The knackered Hastings team were experiencing what can only be described as death, death by a thousand misplaced passes. Eventually, the final whistle blew after what inadvertently became 17 minutes of stoppage time and we could finally escape as a retractable tunnel had been blocking our escape route for the entirety of the shambles. <laughs> At least I got my money's worth. That is unbelievable. But listen, referees are human beings as well. Where's the fourth? 
Where's the fourth? At that level, maybe yeah. the fourth isn't able to communicate with the referee and say, come on, let's have a, uh, let's have a final whistle here. You'd yeah. start crying, wouldn't you? I don't know why, but that reminded me, there was this indie band in the early 2000s. I, I don't think they were particularly big, but they had a song. Which what was started, the name? I can't remember. I can't oh, right. remember yeah, but they started with, um, this, one of their songs started with an intro that sounded a lot like My Sharona. Okay. And so they would play gigs and people would shout My Sharona just as that as they yeah. come into their actual song. Yeah. And one day, they were playing a gig of about 200 people and so, uh, someone shouted this and they were like, fuck it, we're going to play My Sharona. Mm. And so they played the intro to My Sharona for an hour and a half. No. <laughs> and apparently 20 minutes in, people were like, you know, people were going, going along with it. And 20 minutes in, they were like, hold on, he's not going to stop, is he? Wow. And apparently by 40 minutes, people were crying. <laughs> no. That's crazy. That's not... absolutely incredible. I think he was in Seattle. I think there's um, information so about the, there's, a, there's a story about Neil Young, who was really cantankerous back in the 70s, and he wanted just to play all this new stuff. And so when he, came, he played a massive show, he was a really big recording artist at the time, and um, he came out and all he played was songs mm. from an album that hadn't come out yet that was coming out like next week or whatever. And um, he could tell people were getting more and more annoyed about it because mm. they wanted to hear all the classic songs. But he didn't give a shit. And at the very end, he said, OK, all right, I'll play one that you might have heard before. And everyone started cheering. And he just played the first song again. <laughs> 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 That's very good. There we go. There we go, ladies and gentlemen. That were the emails. That were... Right, gentlemen, let's talk about England. Hey, another win, another clean sheet. My goodness, we're gathering momentum, aren't we? It is like a <laughs> runaway freight train. <laughs> Everything's coming up Southgate. Bel- Belgium are just thinking, please don't stop at our station. We are stopping at your station, <laughs> oh, Belgium. We are. Next. We bloody well are. <laughs> yeah. In a 3 4 3 formation. Tickets, please. Yeah. Chew fucking chew. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh dearie me, Ireland, not very good at all. It wasn't a, a vintage performance no, by them. They but... started quite brightly actually, um, yeah. and then they they soon sort of tailed off. I mean, the win the streak is now six matches. They're not scoring goals. And Matt Doherty said uh, it's frustrating. I feel embarrassed sometimes when I come off the pitch because we're losing games, conceding goals, and not scoring. It's not nice. And I, I feel I feel a bit sorry for him because I, I see what sort of Kenny's trying to do. I think that he's trying to make them a little bit more attacking because that's obviously not what you get with old Miko McCarthy. Mm. I mean, they should have beaten Slovakia in that game and they should have been playing Northern Ireland, but of course that's all done and dusted now. But England, I mean, it was... Uh, it, I mean, Roy Keane was likening it, likening it to a training match. Mm. And obviously with no fans in the stadium, it was a kind of hastily uh, organised friendly, you know, so there wasn't much to it, so there's not much to go on. Um, but of course, Fish, all this chat about Mason Mount and uh, Jack Grealish, both of them in the starting lineup. Yeah, yeah. I don't see why it couldn't have happened before, but it does make sense that with Mount playing in that more withdrawn position, as someone who, you know, when you see what he does at Chelsea, it probably end up being something he does more long term, considering their attacking talent, where he'd be, mm-hmm. you know, pushed back into midfield more and therefore, you know, have the energy and tactical nerve to work around that and do all the pressing and do everything in between. Very good on the ball, obviously. And yeah, I, th- I thought it was the. This game was, if, if we've got anything from this game, it's hopefully to nip that 
Grealish versus Mount Bollocks mm. in the bud because I think it's not been particularly helpful for, for yeah. either of them actually. You yeah. know, even though Grealish is the one who's been garnering all the support, I don't mm-hmm. think he was he's helped by that, and I don't think England as a whole are going to be benefiting from having two players seemingly at odds with each other, even mm-hmm. though they're not actually at odds with each other. Well, so, everything's um, so polarised, isn't it? These I know, days? yeah. <laughs> you can't, yeah. Well, I think Grealish is handy, but... Uh, what, you're not a Mason Mount, man? You're a scumbag. <laughs> yeah. like, oh, blimey. I, th- I think uh, if I could make a, a possibly by now trademark big shout, um, it would be that if you're going to play three up front mm-hmm. and you're England, you've got to play Grealish off the left. Yeah. You have to play mm-hmm. him. I, I, I completely I can't agree. see what the reason would be to not play him now. Well, I think, yeah, I, I think that it's interesting with the formation with the 3-4-3 because I think that against lesser teams or weaker teams, I can see how that formation would kind of lend itself a bit. I I actually think against better teams, I think England would be better off with 4-3-3. I know there's that whole kind of, oh, we don't trust the defence and you want to shore up the defence with, with three in there, but I, I don't know. I, I deb- a lot of people think that you need to have three in the middle in international football. That's the, the Defence or midfield? midfield? Yeah, exactly. I think if you, you can have a shield to the back line as well if uh, you know, you're concerned, and I understand the concerns. But one of the positives was, you know, even though it was a very pedestrian-friendly, is Maguire, you know, it was a clean sheet and he scored a goal. And you might say, well, that doesn't really mean much. But for the players' as individual confidence, then that, that means something, I think. You'd rather win a game and not win it. Well, exactly. For sure. Yeah. And you'd rather, I mean, particularly someone like Maguire, who's had a bit of a sticky patch. A negative press. Yeah, to get to get a good commanding performance in. Um, I, look, I'm not gonna, I don't want to be disrespectful to Ireland, but I, I don't think overall England were up against March last night. But mm. Maguire still was able to put a commanding performance in. I thought Saka on the left was outstanding as yeah. well. Um, oh, he should have scored. He should have. That was such, would have been such a lovely. Tyro Mings would have been like, that could have been an assist. Yeah. You yeah. idiot. Yeah. <laughs> I will not make a better assist than that in my career. <laughs> it was a really poor finish, you have to say. No, it was a shame. Generally speaking, he was fantastic. Grealish has been, has been fantastic. Mm-hmm. Reese James as well. He's mm-hmm. outstanding. I think he's the, as I said before. He's taken to it like a duck to water. Yeah. You sometimes get these players where, you know, some people need to bed in. That's totally understandable. And some people, you know, it just doesn't, never sort of quite has them. Some of them hit the ground running and he looks like he could be one of those players and when you have that, the manager will be like, well, hang on, this could save me a, you know, he's, a little bit he's, of time. He's the standout right-back, right-side of defender for England. He's yeah, the standout. Yeah, certainly at the moment with Trent Alexander's yeah. form. Mm-hmm. Um, and he does, an think, injury as well, by the way. Yeah, yeah. I think he does a lot of the same things that Alex, uh, Trent Alexander does as well. I think the um, one of the interesting things when you talk to people who have covered Rhys James's rise is that he's... They they say this about a lot of young players, don't they? That they they take to step up um, mm-hmm. in their stride, and I think he's someone in particular who, because he started out as a midfielder, mm-hmm. I think he's got really good spatial awareness, mm. um, and so when he does go forward, he can cover he can cover in the middle as well, and he's done that a couple of times for Chelsea actually. Mm-hmm. Um, Lampard has used him to come on and, and kind of shore up the midfield, and so in that regard, he's a good squad player. But I mean, I think you start him; he's got such great energy he as does. well. He's a remarkable player. We're, we're, I know we've we've talked at length about the um, you know the riches we have at right back, but I think having him there in particular because he he's got the defensive side specifically as well yeah. and can go forward. Um, yeah, I, th- I think we're in we're in good shape. I'm not so much worried about the back, and I think Harry Maguire's performance was all the more important given the injury mm-hmm. to Joe Gomez. Mm-hmm. It's more that left actually. Do you think I don't? <laughs> Biako Saka is a brilliant player. I don't think I'm, I'm kind of worried that he might be seen as a long-term fit at that uh, defensive left side position mm-hmm. because I think not only do we lose a bit of him going forward, and I, I think primarily actually he could be easily be an option from coming in from the right, mm-hmm. being a more dexterous front player. But I wonder if he might be a bit caught out there in those games. But as you said at the top of this point, 
if we're only playing it against teams that we know England mm-hmm. are going to see more of the ball, then maybe that's not a problem to worry about. Mm-hmm. England are in a bit of a funny situation, though, for two reasons, I think. One, they need to settle on what team they want to play, and they need mm-hmm. to get used to it pretty quick, because they've got two Nations League games coming up. I imagine there'll be, what, a couple organised for the spring before the Euros? Yeah, usually. They'll be friendlies. There could be a couple, probably in the end of May or whenever it would be yeah. conducive. Who knows the so schedule? You, you can have a handful of games yeah. from now until then. Mm-hmm. Right, they've got to sort out what they want to do, because yeah. against Iceland, they played four at the back, and they've played three at the back more recently with four in the midfield. And mm-hmm. I think they played slightly differently in the, f- the game against Denmark, was it? They played a three, four, one, two, slightly differently mm-hmm. off the top of my head anyway, it doesn't matter. But the point being, they've got to settle. Mm-hmm. And secondly, they're, they're in a situation where we all know, realistically, we can be confident now, although it was only four years ago, we can be confident now, I think, that a game against Iceland, like in 2016, mm-hmm. probably is unlikely to happen now. Mm-hmm. England will beat teams like that. We saw it in 2018. They'll beat a Sweden. They'll mm-hmm. beat a Colombia. And yeah, there might be a rocky patch along the way as there was in Columbia, against Colombia. But they'll beat these teams. But the problem isn't that. The problem is, even in 2018, when they have that amazing run, they lose to Belgium twice. Yep. You know, they, they, I don't think England... I, I know they've had a result against Belgium recently. But generally speaking, in a big tournament, there is not, and you guys around the table might be different to me, but I feel like there's no confidence at all that they're going to be anyone good mm-hmm. anytime soon. And that's a real problem. And I said that to Andy on the show a couple of weeks ago, and he said, well, you know, look at what happened with Germany. It took them ages to sort themselves out. And, and they invested in the process, and they stuck with people, and, and they eventually won the World Cup. It's a bit yeah, different, Andy. Yeah, it is different because England are fucking England. <laughs> I know, and Germany have got loads and loads of recent and long history of yeah. doing very so, well. So I wonder what the solution to that is, and I wonder if, because we're England and because we got carried away in 2018 and we enjoyed it and it was a brilliant summer, it's been glossed over the fact that they didn't play anyone that good and that it was the challenges that were, were beyond mm. them. And the team's very different now. True, but is it better or is it worse or is it just mm. the experience? And we can't be in that position forever. But he had his system. He, he, he knew the system and the system, yeah, with a, with a fortuitous draw, got them that far. But I, I think, he, you know, he is having a tinker. It'll be interesting to see against Belgium uh, because that's, you know, Belgium will be wanting to win that game. I know there's no fans and blah, 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 blah. it's the same for everybody. So everybody's dragged down at the same level um, with regards to what's going on. And I, I, I mean, the, the, the whole sort of Jack Grealish thing, I think you're right, Luke. I think having Grealish on the left gives such a different option because I think you know the way Kane likes to drop deep sometimes and play in Sun as it would be for Spurs and then Sterling uh, for England you know that works quite nicely but you don't have to have two similar wingers I think sometimes especially in this country people uh, are obsessed almost with symmetry when it comes to mm. formations and they think oh well the, the, the left winger has to be pacey if the right winger's pacey and have to be sort of quite similar because even Rashford and Sterling are slightly different players you know but you're going to have a, a, a right-footed left-sided player really uh, whoever comes in, and so I think I think the way Grealish is, but I mean Southgate himself said, you know, Grealish was good. He was really in really good form. He's playing in the areas we want him to play. But Southgate also says we're not as strong physically in, in midfield as we might normally be. Um, and, and I suppose he could have been saying that in the context of just the Ireland game. But I think Southgate is aware of England's shortcomings, which why it gives me a bit of hope. You know, that you don't hear some of the bluster that you heard from other England managers. I think he's quite realistic, Southgate. Yeah, yeah, no, a hundred percent. Well, he, he basically got the job off the back of tempering expectations, didn't he? Well, he because didn't want he, the job. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that for a start. Which was also, a masterstroke from the FA. <laughs> Give the job to a bloke who doesn't want it and, yeah. uh, and we'll be okay. But also, you know, I suppose the circumstances around how he got into the job in the in the first place. Sure. I, I was trying to work it out in my head and I figured that the best place to start on what I think would be an ideal England side is to essentially start from the midfield three and work outward. Mm. Because as you said there, you don't need to have symmetry with your wingers. You can have Grealish on one side and you can have whoever else on the other. 
but to allow them to do what they do further forward, you'll need certain players like mm-hmm. like having Mount where he was yesterday, mm-hmm. who can kind of fill in the gaps around them so yeah. that we're not so lopsided or yeah. even just having an option of breaking into the box at a certain mm-hmm. time. And that's going to change depending on who, whether that's Grealish or whether that's Sancho or whether that's Rashford or mm-hmm. Sterling. And the opposition as well. Yeah, of course. And so I, I think Southgate has in his head seven midfielders mm-hmm. who give him a bit of dexterity everywhere else. Mm. And I think he's going to have to work out and perhaps already has worked out against certain types of opposition who plays where and what that means for everywhere else. Because mm. that, mid, you know, Luke said, you got to play international football with the midfield three. Because of England are in a, in a quite a blessed position where they have a lot of very different midfielders, mm-hmm. case in point being James Ward-Prowse comes in on merit and, realize, and plays a very different position, hence that why when he's injured, you don't call up Ross Barkley, mm. you don't call up Madison, mm. you call up Bellingham. I think we're... I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to trust him on this. Yeah, I know what you mean. Because I, I think he has an idea of, you know, what what, what weaves into other areas of the you, field. And that's the danger, though, isn't it? With previous England managers, we've gone, all right, Gerard and Lampard, no. Mm. We, all right, we've got to trust him or, you know, or various others. Yeah. And you kind of go, yeah, it didn't work. I think we all, how did you not see that? Yeah. With whether it would be Capello as well or <laughs> yeah. McLaren or even poor old Roy Hodgson, you know, but, the, the results speak for themselves. Without being too negative towards Gareth, um, because I know he's got a, a huge fan base in this, uh, in this studio. <laughs> um, he's earned it. Yeah, no, fair, no, fair enough. And he's the man of the job. We should support him. We're, mm. we're England fans. And, you know, but I think we have to be a little bit critical occasionally. Like, I know England got a positive result against Belgium. It was mm. a bit of a weird game. It was. But mm. if you look at the players that they had, um, it's, it's it's too slow. The game's not going to pan yeah. out like that in a tournament. It's, it, Rice and Henderson midfield yeah. in front of um, Maguire well, this is and it. Dyer. It's too slow. Well, this is it. With, with, you can't with, do that international football. If at the England top level. are going to play two in the centre of midfield, they do not have a Patrick Vieira or a Roy Keane. Or, do you know yeah. what I mean? Like the real commanding, uh, you know, or Kevin De Bruyne. You know, something like that. A bit more of a contemporary reference. Um, and that's my concern. Whereas. When he played the midfield three at the World Cup and in the UEFA Nations League before, you do have a few different types of midfielders, as you say, Vish. And so Mount can play that sort of more shuttling role. That, like, Remember, Deli Alley and Jesse Lingard played those two roles for England at the World Cup. It seems strange to think that now, but they did. And he got, you know, they got decent performances out of them. So I, I think that there's, there's still a little bit of a way in, in terms of what Southgate's doing. But if he's thinking, I want two different systems, 3-4-3 three, three and 4-3-3, three, three, then, um, then, then he's then he's got that, hasn't he? So, or, or he's or, he, or he's working towards that. You know, football hasn't changed that much. It really sometimes is about hold, give, and do it at the right time. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And exactly. Greenish will get round the back. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, gentlemen, before we go to uh, four to school, we have to talk about. Uh, what what we what we surely think is the world's longest penalty ever mm. ever ever taken, uh, which which happened uh, in the Chilean first division. Now, on October the 15th, Curico Unido and Universidad Católica's game uh, in the Chilean First Division was postponed while VAR was reviewing a penalty call. A fire caused a blackout in the stadium. The match was played on Wednesday this week, so restarting the penalty. The normal taker for Católica, César Pinares, was sold and the Chilean FA had to authorise an extra sub. <laughs> well, he's got to take it. Yeah. <laughs> he's not even in the city. He's got to take he's it. He's playing for our rivals now. <laughs> He's retired. Well, he's got to save it as well. (laughs) (laughs) He had to be retaken twice as the keeper stepped off his line twice. 
not like David Marshall. No. It was eventually scored just shy of 654 hours after it was given. Amazing. That is a VAR turnaround. Listen, imagine <laughs> you had to wait that long for VAR. Oh. When, he come, when the keeper stepped off his line the first time, do you reckon mm. the referee was like, are you taking the piss? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Crying out ruddy loud. If you, anyone out there can beat that, which I doubt. Yeah. That is the the stars aligning for a ridiculous situation. Indeed. Um, Four to score uh, with Betway. It's now time for that. Entry to Betway's four to score is free. Each week you pick the first goal scorer in Betway's four selected matches for your chance to win the weekly £50,000 jackpot. Make sure your selections are submitted before the first game for rather obvious reasons and further T's and C's apply. Okay, four games. Game one, Portugal v France, Saturday night. Marcus... Cristiano Ronaldo. It's a textbook selection. <laughs> I've not done well this season. Um, if, if, if I can bank on somebody doing the business. One thing I forgot to mention earlier, because oh, no. Cristiano Ronaldo just reminded me of Gareth Bale. Mm. Gareth Bale was present for the Wales game yeah, uh, in the stand. Yep. I think he might have been watching the US Masters on his MacBook. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> he definitely had his MacBook open. And every time they cut to him, he wasn't really watching the game. Yeah. So anyway, if, you, if you're listening, Gareth, let us know what you were watching. What were you watching? The US Football? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yes. The Masters, but the, you know where the old players play. I watched the ball being knocked around. These US <laughs> Masters who have turned up here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, Cristiano Ronaldo. Game two, uh, Switzerland v Spain. That's also Saturday night. Vish, you're up. I'm going for Alvaro Morata. Okay. Mm. Because he's... He's had a bit of a weird time mm-hmm. of that, hasn't he? He's had a hat-trick disallowed, he's scoring, and mm-hmm. I think he's going to get a legitimate one. Yeah, he is Spanish as well, so he can play. Yes, yeah, that, <laughs> that, that was one key. of the I had to check, actually. Yeah. Yeah. That is key. Um, well, we'll take your word for that, Vish. Uh, game three is Andy. It's Germany v Ukraine. Here's Andy's pick. Morning, Ramblers. What an absolute delight to be doing Germany versus Ukraine this week um, on four to score. Um now, Yogi Love said after the win against Czech Republic this week that um, he's done with experimenting and he's going to pick the best team possible for this game against Ukraine, which uh, we're assuming means none of the players who did very well but um, aren't, aren't first picks against Czech Republic aren't going to actually be involved. So, therefore, I think we've got to go with Serge Gnabry, 14 goals in 15 internationals and one of the best players in the world, over the last year, year and a half. So, yeah, Gnabry, not Werner. Definitely not Werner. Yeah, definitely Serge Gnabry. Thank you very much, Andy. Uh, you absolute windbag. <laughs> For, 44 <laughs> seconds, that was. Just pick a player. You can't call him a, we can't call my dad a windbag. <laughs> so your dad now? Yeah, I want to adopt him as my dad. That's, That's kind of a thing. I don't think yeah. it works like that, does it? Hang on. Well, it's, it's, it's my thing. Yeah, they're well, adopting dads. Just also, collecting them. Well, no, just, just Brussels. Brussels is like a, a strong dad, isn't it? It's embarrassing because you're about the same age as well. Yeah, but I can still I still need the guidance. <laughs> Oh, okay. Andy's guardian. Why not guardian? Yeah, yeah, could be a guardian. It's just like in Curb enthusiasm. It's like in Curb when um, Larry has an argument with Marty Funkhauser because Marty Funkhauser keeps calling it, referring to himself as an orphan. And Larry <laughs> Davis says, "You're too old to call yourself an orphan now." <laughs> anyway, older brother. There you go. Yeah, fine. Right, Serge Gnabry for Andy. Game four's me. It's Belgium for England. I've gone for Harry. Kane, of course you have, because I'm sat next to Marcus and he's intimidating me <laughs> to picking an England player. Gertje, yeah. Uh, so Cristiano Ronaldo, Alvaro Morata, Serge Gnabry, Harry Kane. Make sure your selections are submitted before the first game. Betway's four to score. It's completely free to play, but you must be over the age of 18 and do gamble responsibly. Further T's and C's apply. And for more information on responsible gambling, head to begamblerware.org. All right, now it's time for this. 
it's one of those games that's quite difficult to explain, but you'll get it as soon as you start hearing it. <laughs> it is time for Luke's game. It is the lineal champion, the people's champion, oy, oy. The Alan Boxich of Luke's game. Woo! Marcus Speller versus, oh, it just says Vish, yeah. <laughs> I'm actually quite nervous. This is really sad. It's isn't annoying, it? isn't it, when you get nervous about yeah. stuff that really doesn't matter? Chance for you to grab the title. The title's changed hands so many times. It I'm has, really yeah. pleased about it. I'm so glad I got it. And yeah. now I feel I've moved. I'm, I've, I've moved on from Tim Henman's status, and I'm now sort of Andy early, Murray. early stage Andy Murray. But do you want to stay at the top, though? That's the thing, because the best people want to stay at the top. Um, you, are you just happy to be at the top? More of a yeah, more of a. John Lydon than a John Legend. You'll probably beat that lot of rubbish, won't you? No. <laughs> yeah. Fish, can I just confirm um, what's in your belly at the moment? Um, just coffee and like an oat flat white. Needs to be fire. Yeah, it does. Um, where's your head? My head? Yeah. Um, he's not got the memo, No, he? he's not got it. No. Needs no, to be in the freezer. That's a bad start. Um, freezer, if you've no. not got your fire in your belly or your head in the freezer, you're not going to succeed in this game. But you <laughs> are... Shall I, I walk out now? No, he's, bl- <laughs> he's bluffing. Yeah, he is. You are first up because you're the challenger. You little bluffer. You know how the game works. You don't need me to tell you. Dirty little bluffer. Um, I know you had a couple of weeks off because of laziness, but you should be researching this. through this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he was. Ask yeah. him any player, he's got it. Yeah. Right, okay, I will ask him a player. Go on. He's played for eight clubs in total. Oh. He retired in 2013. Yeah. He is James Beattie. Beatles. Ooh. James Beattie. <clears throat> By the way, I'm not going to get this fucking catchphrase of fire in the belly, head in the freezer, the catch on if you're not going to fucking step up to the mark, all right? <laughs> Next time, remember. James Beatty. James Beatty, uh, how long can I do this for? You, you need to tell me a number now. Uh, I'm going to start getting harsher on this. Yeah, I think you should. Because it's going on for too long these mm-hmm. days. I'm going to say three. Three. Mm. Marcus, do I hear four from you for James Beatty? I'd Beatty's? like him to name his three. Three clubs? It's an opportunity for you here, early on, to stamp your authority down this game. No, I don't know. Three clubs. Marcus has read you like a book. (laughs) I don't know. I think he's got this. Um, That that Jones Beattie played for one at a time, please, uh, Vish. Southampton. That's correct. Built a whole career on about three months. (laughs) Go ahead. (laughs) What a free kick against Chelsea, though. Blackburn Rovers. That's also correct. Here we go. Started his career there. This might be utterly wild. Did he play a bit for Rangers? There it is. It's 1-0. 1-0 Vish. Blackburn Rovers, Southampton, a big money move to Everton. Mm. Uh, Everton, yeah. yeah, Sheffield United, Stoke City, Rangers, Blackpool, Sheffield United again. Finishes career at Accrington Stanley. Do you know what? Stoke was the one. I, I had those three and I thought, well, did he play for Stoke or am I thinking of Southampton? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> looks him right. What a start um, for Vish. All right, so it's 1-0 to Vish. Mm-hmm. Let me add a little bit of spice Ooh. to that. <laughs> Please do. Six players up next. Here we go. Alan Boxage? Six players, sorry. Six teams up next for this player. Uh-huh. Um, uh, an absolute giant of the game. <laughs> a legend of the game. Uh, royalty, whichever way you slice it. It's Clarence Sadoff. Clary Sadoff? Yeah. My goodness. Six clubs in total. Career from 1992 to 2014. How many of Clarence Sadoff's six clubs can you name Marcus Speller? It's a good one, that. That's a very good one. Mm. Come on, Sadoff. Um... I don't think you have the facilities for that, big man. <laughs> have you got the facilities? I've got five. Oh, that is nice. That is a bounce back. What a counter punch that is. After going to go, after going to point down, Vish, can you do all six? 
Do your five. Oh, okay. he wants you to name your five. One at a time then, please, Marcus. Five clubs that Clarence Seydorf has turned out for. Ajax. Won the Champions League with him. AC Milan. Won the Champions League with him. <laughs> Real Madrid. Won the Champions League with him. Um, Inter. That's your four. Botafogo. Oh, I love that. Very nice. Could have said Sampdoria, though. Very nice. You could have said Sampdoria. It would have been all six. Yeah. Would have been all Sampdoria was six. the one I, I thought, I'm pretty sure, but I thought I'd play it safe with five. I only, I only had five, yeah. Did, yeah. Ajax, Sampdoria, Real Madrid, Inter Milan, Milan and Botafogo. Okay, Vish, you're up now. Um, it's one all, all to play for. Uh, he's played for 11 clubs in total. He retired in 2011. 11, did you say, sorry? 11 clubs in yep. total. Played and retired in 2011. All yep. the 11s. <laughs> Legs 11. Uh, it's Paul Dickoff. Oh, Dico. Oh, wow. What a shout. Big memories of uh, Paul Dickoff coming to Fratton Park and uh, everyone shouting, fuck off, Dickoff, fuck off, Dickoff. <laughs> the whole game. See, again, one of those players, you just think, 11 bloody clubs. What mm. a career. Yeah, it's a great career. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you get a little bit more time because there's so many clubs. But if you take all day and then go mm. two, yeah. you're not going to get much sympathy from the quiz master. No, certainly not. Paul Dickoff. Yeah. Oh, uh, um, what was that noise? <laughs> <laughs> was that like David Marshall? Was it for the fourth Scotland penalty yeah. where he just missed it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel so yeah. sorry for him. Yeah. I'm going to go four. Oh, yeah. Marcus, five? I'd like him to name his four. Oh, it's only just over... I mean, it's not even 50% of the team. Yeah, I'm not that confident, though, about Paul. All Dickoff. right, so four clubs, please, Vish. I mean, I'm not particularly confident either, actually, thinking about it's it. It's funny, because I'm sort of like, I think he played for the... Yeah, I, like, I mean, I'll do, I'll do the two... I know. I admire the four, actually, to be honest. Blackburn Rovers and Leicester City. Can you please go one at a time? Because that's a blatant... Leicester two. City, yeah. yeah. That's a blatant flout, flouting of the rules. Go I think ahead. he's got this. Two more. Arsenal. Started his career at Arsenal. Not oh, well play. Oh, fair play. You deserve yeah. this. Coventry City. Yeah. Ooh. Coventry City, you say? Yeah. No, that's fine. Incorrect. You're joking. Nope. That was one of the ones I had. Man City was, was the other one. Oh, you fucking bellend. Yeah. <laughs> I can't, but I thought Manchester he played... Manchester City. Well, I thought... Oh. When you said that, I thought you were going to say Man City, but I thought he played for Coventry. It's 2-1 for Speller. Arsenal, Luton Town, Brighton and Hove Albion, Manchester City, Leicester City, Blackburn Rovers, Manchester City again, Crystal Palace, Blackpool, Leicester City again, Derby County, Leeds United and Oldham Athletic. How have I done that? Oh dear. I'm quite shocked. I, I, thought, he, I thought you had to have a cover. Right, it's 2 1 to Speller. And uh, you're up first this time, Marcus. I believe I am. Uh, he's played for six clubs in total. Don't blame me, blame the algorithm. Oh, here we go. It's Ian Wright. Ian Wright, right, right. Mm-hmm. Six clubs in total. For the win, for the 3 1. To hear that beautiful jingle put together painstakingly by Pete Donaldson with the mm-hmm. help of Street Fighter 2 Turbo. Six clubs. Correct. I'm going to do all six. Oh, he's, you can't move. You're checkmated, Vish. <laughs> put, your, put your notepad down, mate. Oh, put your I haven't on. got it yet. I haven't got it yet. All right, six clubs, please. All six. So I'm annoyed I didn't go for all six for Seedorf. All six that Ian Wright's played for. This would be a vintage performance for the champion. <laughs> go on. Crystal Palace. Correct. Arsenal. Correct. West Ham. Correct. Celtic. Correct. Nottingham Forest. Correct. Burnley. Burnley, you say, is your Good final up. one. That's what I said, brother. Marcus Speller wins. It's a 3-1 win. And Marcus Mount goes wild, oh. ladies and gentlemen. 
You thought you could turn up here and take my title off me, you mug. <laughs> All right, that's 3-1. The final one, Vish, you'd have gone first. Um, it would have been uh, seven clubs in total for Patrick Cliver. Oh, uh, all seven. Oh, go, go for it. <laughs> Renford rejects. <laughs> Doesn't matter, does it? I'm afraid not. Um, Ajax, Milan, Barcelona, mm-hmm. Newcastle United, Valencia, PSV and Lille. Oh, Lille. Um, but it's a three... It's a 4-1 win technically because you've thrown that one in. So it's a 4-1 win for Marcus. He maintains his position at the very top of the tree and news just in, Mm. he is now also the number one seed. There we go. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Have you got a message message for Andy Brassel? Oh, Andy, you mug. (laughs) You little dirty little slug Brassel. Stop stop running scared, Andy, and get on a Friday again. Andy, you know you're beaten. Never turn up here again. (laughs) (laughs) If he'd have said Manchester City, I think we would have gone into that last one. Two all with Patrick Cliver, all to play play for. Although I think I would have beaten you with Patrick Cliver, so don't worry about it. I'll I'll shank you outside then. Don't we can feel, all make threats. Don't feel bad about losing some. <laughs> People have lost to me before in here. And you know yourself because you're one of them. Right, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for listening to the Football Ramble Preview Show sponsored by Betway. Don't, it's, it's Friday, come on. Yeah, have a bit of fun. I'm still going to stab you. Have you, <laughs> have, you, have you ever won a game on that? You won he one. beat me. I've oh, yeah, that's two. right. One, two. Okay, yeah. one, two. Fair enough. You know what it's like. You've tasted victory. Exactly. Yes, but I think, I think the first one I won was without the sound effects. Oh, so it still counts. Well, not in my yeah, heart. We were made promises about sound effects that weren't kept, <laughs> mostly by Pete Donaldson. Um, you, you'll taste victory again, I'm sure. Don't you worry. Don't you worry. I'm not coming in here again. Use me <laughs> as the example. You know, I took a lot of a lot of flack from Brassel. I took a lot of defeats. Yeah. Bounced back. And now look at me. Use Marcus as an example. Yeah. If he doesn't play Andy, he wins. <laughs> I have beaten Andy once. Yeah, you have. It was an amazing one as it well. It was, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it was amazing. It was. Yeah. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for listening to the Football Rabble Preview Show. It's been an absolute pleasure. Say goodbye, Luke Moore. Goodbye, Luke Moore. Say goodbye, Vatushna Hantaraj. Goodbye, Vatushna Hantaraj. And it's goodbye from me, good people. This was a Stakhanov production and part of the Acast Creative Network. <laughs>